this is one of those bro codes, one of those things that we don't know as women. This is inner sanctum shit, stuff that we don't know that guys know, right? So yeah, yeah. because the happy ending thing is a joke people know about. That's the tip of the iceberg. Let's just... Yeah, the tip. So there's like, there are ways that you communicate it. So here's what we found out from our friend. (laughs) Welcome to the My Aloof Vagina podcast, where we explore the distress and surprise of our midlife transitions. We take menopause seriously, but we don't take ourselves seriously. And we believe that learning what to expect in perimenopause can be entertaining. It's inevitable. So we may as well equip ourselves and have a good time. I'm your host, Martha, and this is the first of two episodes with Dr. K. We talk about meet cutes, shady dudes you bump into when dating in your 50s, and the hidden world of happy endings. This topic blew up on social. I polled people to ask, is a happy ending cheating? And the results were 70-30 across all my social channels with 70% saying that, yes, it's cheating. And the rest saying either, no, it's not cheating or it depends. The gender mix on the answers also surprised us. It was about 50-50 whether a man or a woman would choose yes or no, which, as you'll hear, affirms part of what Dr. K had been trying to say when we talked about it. When I was editing furiously to hit my deadline, I was talking to my friend and business partner, Doug, and told him about the interview. And he said, as a man, when you get a massage, a happy ending is always on your mind. Not that he's ever gotten one, and he'd tell me if he had, but he's thinking about it and anxious about the possibility. I don't know if anxious is the right word, but heightened awareness. And he said one time he was at Massage Envy, you know, the Chipotle of massage therapy, and he rolled over and the therapist seemed startled. And so as the new expert I am, I explained why. And I'll let you hear in the episode, and then you'll understand what my off-the-cuff, completely unqualified explanation was to him. So Dr. Kay and I were talking in Arizona. She recently moved there from the Midwest and has experienced kind of a reawakening, an energetic boost that has shifted things for her in a lot of ways. And one of the ways it has shifted her is sudden attention from men and more men that she's interacting with and more dating than she was experiencing before. So that was a topic of conversation as well. Dr. K and I had so much fun recording this and there was so much good stuff that I actually had to cut it into two episodes. And because I had telegraphed this topic on social with my poll, we had to start with these specific stories about cheating and happy endings. And in the next episode with her, we'll get back to some background on things like hormones and perimenopause. So I hope you enjoy. By the way, I would love to stay in touch. So please join my email list at sisterhood.myaloofvagina.com. You'll always be the first to know what's going on, and I promise not to spam you. At this point in my life, I'm just too lazy. I've been single for 10 years and never really found a relationship that I felt was the best for me. And then maybe just a few months into being here, my energy must have shifted in a way because I attracted a lot more, let's say, interest. (laughs) 
into dating me or being with me or visiting me or seeing me from men that I did not expect at 55 years old. Speaking of men, you're getting phone calls from men right now. I'm turning your phone over because every time it lights up from these (laughs) men calling you, I get distracted. Yeah, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about, I know that we can detect the shift in our energy. You know, there's a, there's a dating coach that calls it turning your cab light on. Like you turn on your cab light, right? And now people sense that you're open to romance and things like Mm -hmm. that. When you bumped into a hot guy in the grocery store and he was insistent on connecting with you that that was a sign. Do you mind if we talk about grocery store guy? Sure. Um, so we'll just keep the details out. The details out. So Dr. K is just minding her own business and this man spots her. It was something kind of right out of a Nora Ephron movie because I go to the checkout and a guy literally bumps into my cart and it's like, oh, oh it wasn't on purpose or it was? No, no, he, he backed into my cart. Okay. Total meat cute. Yeah. And he said, oh, sorry, sorry. And I was like, oh, I know that accent. And so then the conversation got started. And because he, he was from the Midwest. Right. And he quickly came up with that we're new to this area and we need some information on restaurants to go to. Is it okay if I get your number and you can shoot me a text and let me know? And so I'm like, I guess so. And I really left it at that. And I didn't think much of it. I mean, I'm not looking for it's a Sunday for God's sakes. I don't even get out of my pajamas till two. (laughs) So it was weird to me that he was even attracted to me. But then we started talking and it was, you know, it was actually, it was interesting, but there was just that little something in me that's like, something's off. I don't know. Oh, yeah. He came on strong right away. The other thing that's interesting, because now, of course, ladies, I've read all the text messages between them. (laughs) She's handed me her phone and I've read it. He, he was, he was pressing you at the same time that he was kind of not able to honor his commitments on when he was going to meet up with you which was interesting. Yeah. There's um, a lot of excuses about yeah. stuff. Yeah. But, but I'm glad that you met him because I'm glad because it kind of sparked things. It was like this yeah. great, it was like the great announcement, like, hey, you're here in the desert and everything's different. Right. You know? So I, I don't want to have to get into a lot of details. So we can just, we can cut to the chase. Right. And say Let's that cut to the chase. You had drinks with him. You had already sensed that you weren't going to do anything. He you know, future talked a little bit about how you're going to meet up and he was going to fly you somewhere or whatever. And then he was hot and cold communicating with you. Mm-hmm. And then um, while I was here, after more than a month of no nothing, he texts you. Right. I felt like prey to him. Like, yeah, like I was being hunted a little bit, which that that's a weird feeling. Um but he also seemed like an incredibly, genuinely smart, uh, good-looking, um, funny human human being that I would normally, under normal circumstances, would love to date. But of course, so I thought he was kind of like fading away into the background and texted while you were with me, and I was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> and you figure well I'll let you tell me what you did within two minutes well yeah so I'm I'm a very talented cyber sleuth (laughs) and uh, very I might add and quick quick it didn't take long to find 
photos of him with his wife and his children, recent photos that his wife had posted. And um, it just made me wonder, part of the reason that he was so hunting you was I was recently someplace and a woman, um, she described this, this concept of end of conference desperation, where the last night of a conference or the night after a conference has ended, these married guys are just so on the hunt to score because they went from Omaha to Vegas or Chicago or Orlando and they had thought, oh, I'm going to hook up with someone. And it's like this free pass to go cheat on the road. And so they just behave differently right before that window closes for them. And so there was a little bit of that from the way he was when he was texting you until he got to hang out with you and have drinks. And then he, his new conference window was opening up soon, right? Which is why he texted because there was going to be an opportunity for him to see her again. And then his friends, they must have known what was up. They probably know he's married with multiple children and they give each other that permission, Mm -hmm. right? And that what are the, what are the ways that men are communicating that this is okay to each other? Like the codes they have. Yeah. Out of sight, out of mind. The minute I was out of his sight. They go on to the next the and next scared. So rabbit. then you don't hear anything. Well, especially if he's, in, you know, got a whole life. Right. You know, I just listened to my intuition, which told me this. Don't let this go any further. You had your instincts, which were this isn't this isn't measuring up right. Yeah. Like we had that conversation about cheating and if uh, going to the uh, to a massage joint is for men is cheating. And we found out a lot about that from a A mutual friend. friend. Let's start with this. We were talking about happy endings. And the reason it came up was because Dr. K had referred a friend we know to her favorite massage therapist. And as a joke, she said, hey, don't ask for a happy ending. Hardy, heart, heart. (laughs) He was, he's like, whatever. And he came back and he, of course, he was kind of pulling your leg a little bit. He's, he's trying to make Dr. K feel bad. Like your lady would have totally given me a happy ending if I'd given her a signal. And so then he went on to educate us about the signals. So I begged her to let us talk about this on the podcast. And we talked to him and got more information and got his permission to talk about it because this is one of those bro codes, one of those things that we don't know as women. This is inner sanctum shit, stuff that we don't know that guys know, right? So yeah, yeah. it's the happy ending thing is a joke people know about. That's the tip of the iceberg. Let's just, yeah, the tip. So there's like, there are ways that you communicate it. So here's what we found out from our friend. (laughs) Our friend shared with us that pretty much most of the time, except for like in a high-end spa or something, that a man can request a happy ending or a blowjob or depending on the place, actual sex, like sex with the vagina or a variety of things. And that it's more commonplace than we would imagine. And that there are ways to request it that aren't verbal, that are not verbal. So that if it's a therapist 
who isn't going to do it, you're not kind of putting yourself out there. And also you don't have to verbally ask for it. I mean, there might've been a scandal with someone famous, right? Where someone at a nice spa asked for a happy ending and offended the massage therapist. And I've talked to massage therapists who say, oh my gosh, you can't believe it. I just had never connected the dots on it to realize that if the lady at the red door spa is getting a signal that a guy wants a hand job, that is because these guys and can encounter it almost any time they have massage because the massage therapist can make more money. Well, yeah, but I don't think we should paint all massage no, therapy not professionals. Places yeah, he was talking about certain we're kinds talking of places. About, yeah, and and there's been a lot of stings on a lot of these places that are obviously egregious about it. it I think if you're not doing it verbally, first of all, there's not even if there's a recording or anything. It all they're doing is putting the money in a strategic. Location <laughs> below the belly button. <laughs> the part that he laughs so hard. <laughs> of course, I had a million questions for him because I wanted to know you're naked on a massage table and the way to signal that you want a hand job, which is about 20 bucks. He said, typically it's about 20 bucks. Like there's an actual, like there's an actual menu. Economy. Yeah, menu. And it's it's not printed anywhere. Oh, right. And it's not published and nobody knows, but the guys all know. And yeah. when I asked him at the end, I'm like, how did you know? He's like, well, guys talk about it. So guys are training each other. Yeah. Right. So you just put your 20 bucks on your belly near your dick. When you turn over. When you turn over. So they start you on your stomach. And when you roll over, you take it and you put it there. And so I wanted to know. Like you've had the 20 in your hand. That was the question. Like, where was the 20? And he's like, well, you just kind of hold it in your hand. The whole massage. So like these guys have like a 20 in their hand while their back is being massaged. They're just waiting for the moment when she flips them over so they can just surreptitiously put the 20 on their lower belly. Well, I mean, he said between... His nuts and his penis. But I mean, uh, he's changed the story just a little bit. I think he said that to make you laugh or to make to shock you, right? But but so when when we asked him more like in a scholarly way, like this was a news investigation, this was an interview, and he said usually if you do that, so you put your money by your dick, no, below your belly button, below your belly button, but that's by your dick. Below your belly button, you put your 20 bucks that you've been sweatily holding (laughs) during the whole back massage, waiting for your chance to get a hand job. You put it below your belly button. And then they might ask you if you want to upgrade. That was the part that was interesting to me is that they might just give you a hand job or they might say, do you want something else? Do you want to like, do you want to see my boobs? That's be another 20 bucks. Or do you want a blowjob? Then that's $50. And do you want to have sex? He said, it can just, you keep negotiating, negotiating. And then he said, one time, there I was, I'd spent $300. Like, before you know it, this is a $80 massage is $380. (laughs) I, like, but he said it was worth it. Yeah, that's what he said. It was really great. So, I, my mind was blown about the idea that this is so common that there would be this menu that everyone would know how much it cost. Everyone knows how to communicate it and that it's common enough that you rarely get rejected. As a cheeky reminder to keep in touch and access my aloof vagina goodies, sign up for my very occasional emails at sisterhood.myaloofvagina.com. And if you love the show, please leave a review at Podchaser. There's always a link to that and other fun things in the show notes at myaloofvagina.com.
And in my mind, I thought they only did hand jobs because I'm like, from what I understand, unless you're in Nevada, all this is illegal. So I just assumed happy ending was just a hand job. I didn't know there was a menu, like exposing a breast <laughs> and, and negotiating to see both. Right. That's what it said. She said, he tells a story about a, a massage therapist who was like, do you want to see my breasts? And he said, I don't have any more money. And she's like, oh, I can show you one if you've got 20. And he's like, okay, well, I've got 20, but I want to see both. <laughs> right? Like, this is a conversation he's having on the table. <laughs> and then we asked if he had sex. Like, do you have sex on the table? He's like, yeah. And, and I just can't even imagine. I can't either. even go there. No. I mean, I know it, it happens, obviously, but... I can't imagine, like, I want to go to a massage and just completely relax. Like, there's two totally different goals. And it's just the makeup of us. Like, I think because it can be a very intimate experience. He was describing the hot towels and then how she was wiping his body. And that is such a turn on. And I'm sure that's not for everybody, but that it can be a very sensual experience. But it's still a complete stranger. Like women, we don't get that no. excited about complete strangers doing that to us. Like, no, I don't. No, I don't either. But I mean, I'm, there might be people who do. Probably. I think it's interesting well, so this is the, the conversation that you and I had before we talked to him because we we're talking about it's just a hand job. Mm -hmm. And, you know, could I pretty much give anyone a hand job if I had to? Yeah, I could, right? Like it's not, that's not as intimate as oral sex or right. the intercourse that he discussed. But I had the very firm position that if I were married, that if my husband went to a massage place and had them give him a hand job, I'd be upset that I would consider that cheating. And we had different opinions at that point when we we're talking about it. Yeah, like I think, and I consider myself someone with a strong moral compass. Sure. Of course. But I also believe that there are many women, paramenopausal, menopausal, that have just decided they don't want to have sex anymore. And before we could speak about these kind of things, there were kind of like unspoken rules like okay I don't want to have sex with you anymore if you want to go do that then that's fine and I, we're not gonna get divorced over it and call it cheating and maybe it was unspoken maybe it was spoken I don't know it just seems like I guess it's got to be decided upon and discussed and you maybe that's how you you make the moral judgment in it within that does your wife know or does she not know are you being honest or like being dishonest about it seems like a bigger deal to me than what men go to these places for, which is somewhat transactional. Oh, it is transactional. They're paying money for a service. And I can see it like that because I don't think they're bonding to these women. These women are definitely not bonding to them. I can tell you that. They don't want to have anything to do with them. It's a way to make money and really good money. And I think that it's a supply and demand thing and it's pretty much economics 101. But if you're decided you don't want to have sex anymore, I'm just telling you, it's taking one thing off your drawer list. Right. <laughs> if you yeah. don't want to, if you don't want to have sex, you don't want to please them in some other way that meets their needs. I mean, I've been in relationships where three times a day of sex is not enough. I would have paid for him right. to go right. there. You make the appointments. Like, please, I'm, it's enough already. Like, yeah. I mean, I, so listen, I do think it's relational. It, yeah. it would be decided within the relationship. For me, I would not want my husband going and getting hand jobs at the massage parlor. I that's not because what I would want. Because you would do it for him. Because I would do it for him, and I would consider it cheating. But what if 
someone has said, I don't want to even have that's to not do that. me. I'm right. saying so, that's so my argument cheating. when we were like okay. having our disagreement, because the disagreement was very firm. Like I was, I think it's cheating. I wouldn't want my husband to do it. And then, you know, we were going I back and like, forth. Maybe. But then like, yeah. right. But then we had the conversation with him too. And then that brought us to a conversation where we discussed in more detail whether or not it was rules within the relationship, whether or not you're breaking the rules. It would be breaking the rules in a relationship with me. Yeah. And I think he had shared that same sentiment, which right. I, I, I understand that. I do understand it. I just think there's something about the fact that if you get to a point in your life, that's not something that you want as part of your marriage. I mean, you have to really figure this out because they're going to go quote unquote cheat on you because most men still want to have some sexuality. And the minute that's gone, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they don't. Some guys don't. Some guys kind of shut it down and get a little whatever. I mean, the whole point really was, are you being honest in your relationship? Yeah. And individual couples in their own relationships get to decide. Yeah. The challenge, I think, is because it's so hard for people to talk about. For some couples, they age into this where the woman doesn't want to have sex anymore. And for whatever reason, she's allowed to be over it and done with it and past that season. But then they don't have the conversation. Because it's hard and it's painful and not having sex with someone can feel like rejection and they can feel like it's because you're not attracted to them anymore. And so there's so much attached to it. I think we're not always honest about it. So we don't even express the actual rules. Right, right. But yeah, that was, that was my thought. That was an interesting conversation. It was one of the more enlightening things I've ever heard. I'll never forget. I feel like I'm doing a service to womankind by bringing to the podcast because where else would you hear about it? I I agree. I've never heard this all these years. No. And certainly if you're dating a man, he's not going to tell you this. If you're married to a man, he's not going to tell you this. Your brothers don't want to talk about it. What man is going to go through the details of it for you? So we're lucky. It's the man code. But we did find out that they don't like women. Oh yeah, he was he was insistent <laughs> that women's money doesn't work there. They get really mad. It makes sense from an economic standpoint. After he described it, it's like if if every man that comes in could potentially, or let's trust his estimates, is very likely to have money in his palm when he rolls over because he wants to get some extra services. Mm-hmm. Then when you're gonna give a woman a massage, let's say it's a hundred bucks there, or fifty bucks there, you know what you're making before you start. And you're not going to be able to increase it. And it's the same amount of work. I mean, right. right? So yeah, you might be like, my next one's a woman. I wish, I wish I'd drawn the man stride. You know, there's yeah. people in the, in the waiting room and man, why do I have to have that chip? That was an interesting little piece of enlightenment. Cause it's not, I guess you can make up for it in a tip. Well, it's basically you're making less money. Yeah. For the same amount of time. Yeah. So I can understand why they'd be like, ugh, they probably fight over who has to take the next chick because mm-hmm. we would only, and this of course is in, only in certain establishments. This is not at high-end salons. But I mean, salons. do you think some women actually want those services as well? I wouldn't, but I, I'm sure there's got to be some. From like a dude or no, from a chick? No, from a, yeah, anybody. I don't know. I don't know. So I do, I have one story and then we can, this will, we can wrap it up on okay. this. I have a story. So I had what I thought was a back injury, all these misdiagnoses in my life, mm-hmm. not clitoral atrophy, not a back mm-hmm. injury, but I had a situation where I was going in and getting some pretty deep tissue massages everywhere I went. I was getting this myofascial release and I had moved to San Francisco and was trying to find a place to go near the house. And I passed by a place and, you know, it looked nice enough. Uh, by the way, our friend confirmed like, oh, every massage place in San Francisco is given out 
happy endings. And yeah. I was like, oh, I didn't know that. But I and found out. Some. And then some. So I was so excited to find this place. And I went down there and I went in for a massage. I walked in and the lady who greeted me was in a very short miniskirt and very high heels at two o'clock in the afternoon. And I was like, oh my, right? <laughs> so she brought the girl out to take me for my massage. And the practitioner was sullen, takes me in the room. Okay, just take off your clothes. And the room had a shower in it. And it had like bars on the ceiling, like for someone to walk on your back, which made sense to me. But I'd never seen a shower before in a massage room. And it's very kind of perfunctory. It was not a great massage. And then she rolled me over and she was kind of like getting really close to my she kept like doing stuff with my legs, which I by now is self-conscious because I'm like, there's a shower in here. My spidey sense was mm -hmm. a little off. And while it, while she's like massaging my leg, I hear what sounded to me like a man having an orgasm pretty close by, like through the wall. And I was like, oh my God, this is a rub and tug, right? So she finished the massage. I got dressed really fast. I left. I went home and I told all my neighbors and my boyfriend, right. oh my gosh, that place down the street is a rub and tug. They're like, really? I'm like, I swear to God, really? I heard a man. They're like, oh. Yeah, I know. They're like, dummy. She must be new to town. And I was. But I'd heard that man moan and the shower was in the room. Mm -hmm. But now, eight years later, talking to our friend, I realized, oh, that's why she was so sullen. She drew the short straw because they can't mm -hmm. just not take me in, says Watkins, welcome. Yeah, especially if you're I might bust cop. them, right? Yeah. So someone had to massage me and this poor woman had to massage me and not get the extra money. So why, why is it that the cops don't shut these places down? They know what's going on. They just can't entrap them. Well, it's illegal to entrap them. Like if, if a cop, first of all, if a cop rolled over and put some money that on his would belly, be that'd be entrapment. Instead, they use hidden cameras mm -hmm. and really they go after the Johns, oh. right? So those stings in Florida, that's what those were when they busted all those people in Florida. I don't know. I think it might be harder. I think the way they do it is very careful. You're in the room alone when the transaction, you're not like ordering a happy ending at the front desk. Right. It's between two people. Yeah. And I think that's why they don't do it. Yeah. I, it makes sense. It, it would be a hard sting. <laughs> it would be a hard sting. Stay hard. It would sting. be super hard. <laughs> and at what point do you bust them? Like what? at what point when you suspect he's going to put money under his dick and, and between right. his dick and his balls? When is it? Right. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's well, interesting. It's a tough thing. It's, I guess, it's tough to regulate, really. Yeah. Yeah. It is tough to regulate. Well, so fun. I think that's enough now that we've talked yeah. about my own Martha's experience at the rub and tug. Maybe that's what we'll call this episode. <laughs> yeah, I like it. <laughs> Even though you didn't actually right. take. Right. We'll just right. make that clear. Yeah. I was scared straight. I didn't walk into any strange <laughs> massage places ever again in San oh Francisco. Oh my gosh, I bet. Oh my gosh. I had no idea. That's all for this first episode with Dr. K. We'll return with the rest in a part two. Thank you for listening. Until next time, take care of yourself and take care of your vagina. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review at Podchaser. Or next time you're on Instagram, remember to look me up and let me know what you think. You can find me there as my aloof vagina.